Rava. My name is Albert Rafiti. My ancestral title is Lea Lifano um, from Samoa. From That title is from a village called Vavai in the district of Falealili and the island of Upolu. Uh, I was born and raised, though, in the village called Fasito Uta, and that's where I was until I was around 13, 14, when I came to Tamaki to uh, go to secondary school and also to um, university, and that's where I currently work at Auckland University of Technology. Ah, and what's your role at... I, my role is as a, an associate professor uh, in the School of Art and Design, uh, specialising in cultural theory uh, and especially uh, pertaining to Moana material culture, that is architecture, art, um, s- the design of settlement systems in pre-colonial and then the time of colonial um, settlement in the Pacific. Yeah, so like the Pacific peoples are a huge part of your work. Yes. The cultural context and architecture and design. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit on what you have done or what you might be currently doing? Okay, what, I've, what have I done? When I finished uh, studying architecture at the Auckland University of uh, sorry, University of Auckland School of Architecture. I graduated in 1990 and I worked in architecture, designing uh, commercial building, uh, residential um, for about a year. And then I went and worked in London for a number of years. And that's when I started to work on uh, museums and art galleries, um, kind of public buildings. When I returned to Auckland, I worked for an architect on the Auckland Museum. So I do quite a lot of work, still with the Auckland Museum, not so much as an architect, but as a consultant uh, on anything to do with the kind of concepts around Pacific uh, design and how to to exhibit Pacific um, artifacts. and I sort of stepped away from um, the professional life to become an academic. And I taught at the University of Auckland School of Architecture, the School of Architecture at Unitech. And now I'm located at the Auckland University of Technology. Um, my, my current work is I'm working on a three research projects. Mm-hmm. Two of them are master grant uh, projects. The first, the first one called Vamoana, uh, Pacific Thought and uh, Ideas, and that um, that's coming to an end uh, this year. Uh, that was a three and a half year project, um, and the current one that we just started is called another master funded project. It's called Artifacts of Relations, Buildings in the Pacific. And that's why I guess my current work is relating to um, how do we start to um, build a baseline for what are the elements in this thing called Pacific architecture from way here I'm talking about Moana Nui from 
Asia Polynesian Society or Moana Loa, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, mm. all the way to Hawaii, Tahiti, and Aotearoa. Um, so building a kind of a picture of what were the main elements in the architecture, and um, yeah, and then the, the one aspect of that that might connect to Nuwau mm. research is the architecture has to sit on a substrate, which is the environment, and um, and that's also now part of our work to look mm. at the context for people to come together. Uh, built uh, places of worship and their communities, but at the same time, what types of um, architecture or uh, infrastructure they had uh, organized to um, pay homage to the environment, to mm-hmm. the waterways, to the mountains, to the rivers, um, and to the sea. Yeah. What's your personal connection to the environment, to Te Taia? to the whenua and how do you think that has played into your role as an architect or a designer? Poor. Big question. You should have come to the talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I Okay, <laughs> so I will step around a little bit because yeah. I, I think before we even get to the kind of intention uh, because I do this because it's that, mm-hmm. it's more like the work that I do is um, it's part of what you might call a how to decolonize knowledge. Okay, cool. Um, so well, I'm in the middle. The projects all I'm working on mm. is to do with indigenizing knowledge. Mm. So anything that's in the archives, anything that um, that come through our ancestry, our oral stories. Um, I am the project myself, my students, and my collective, the Vamoana Research Cluster at AUT, is to looking at reading those things very carefully and how we try to build a, a, an alternative worldview than the one where they amount to having to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, so it's, um, because I grew up in the village, because I trained to become a minister in the church mm-hmm. as a kid, got very clever at reading and um, kind of analysing languages or stories or things. Um, and um, although, you know, I grew up in a real village mm-hmm. with waterways, with mm-hmm. horses, with valleys. Um, I, most of my life, I've I've had a kind of a a nerdy, protected, readership kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, existence. So, mm-hmm. so I can't answer if my relationship with if there is a relationship I have with the environment is really through my my knowledge of them. I obviously I enjoy going to visit places and. But I always fold those things into the thinking and the work and the writings and the things that I do. Mm. Um, so you can say that I'm an academic. Mm. I think like one. Uh, I don't have a garden. I live in downtown Auckland in mm. a high-rise building. I walk up the road to my work uh, at AUT and I walk home. And the only time I leave downtown Auckland is when I go to uh, West to the beaches of West Auckland or fly out to the islands, mm. to Hawaii, to Samoa, to mm. Tonga. 
Yeah. And, and, and it's really interesting living in Auckland because it is a cosmopolitan world where we have this lovely connection to other parts of the Pacific, which I love to go to. So, yeah, it's a kind of a weird one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have to go, because I live in a urban environment, I have to go to the sites of the investigation mm. and where you get lost in the middle of corner and some heiau and looking at um, archaeological remains. Mm. Or I'm in Samoa driving around Savai'i looking for a famous tufunga uh, or a house that a famous tufunga had built. Yeah, so those are kind of like, yeah. So the, the environment or the context of people and the environment is my work. Yeah. It's what I go and I record and I put into the archive. Mm. It sounds as though it's a very, well, it's integral to you given your context, your background as well, and where you probably grew up also. That's right. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, academia, would you say that it is really important to decolonize academia itself, and is that something that you feel you're you're doing through the way that you transmit your knowledge to students yeah. um, within the university So context? Yeah, so one of the things that we've been working with in our collective up at AUT, the Vamoana Research Cluster, is what are the approaches that we can do towards a decolonization of knowledge mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. academia. And what's really important to that is, especially Indigenous people, uh, is to have we acknowledge um, the trauma, the violence that's been done, not just to our communities, but other Indigenous people, and learn from, um, you know, what would you call it, to uh, what's the word in South Africa when Mandela did with when he became to power? He Reconciliation. So the notion of reconciliation, reparation, Mm. is really important in that work. So you can't just go straight to decolonization. You have to, Mm. Mm. and that, you know, you've got the perpetrator of the violence, the, you know, the Western uh, capitalist democracy, people who are part of the system need to be there. You need to go through the reconciliation process. And then from there, reparation, of course, we have the Waitangi Tribunal and mm. settlements, which we're going through in Aotearoa. I think there are similar ones in the Pacific, probably very different than Aotearoa. Um, that process, we have to acknowledge that. We mm. have to record it. We've got to make sure it's been settled in, in an all right way. I don't think there's anything perfect. The second part of the movement toward decolonization mm. is indigenization. That is for me and for anyone who's indigenous to have access to their knowledge and not just access but also for them to try to build their own worldview mm. from that knowledge and that you have to rehabilitate some things because they were written down by missionaries uh, by uh, police you know the government and police system in, in our communities who collected that knowledge in the 19th century early 20th century and then to turn that around and try to make you know, a proper framework for us. That's mm. what we call indigenizing knowledge. That's mm. the work that we're doing in academia. Yeah. And then the final one, which is 
decolonization. It's a hard one because you have to put the perpetrator in the same space. You can't just get rid of them and you do the decolonization. If you do the decolonization yourself, you do all the work, not paid for, and you re-traumatize, so you need to get the perpetrator, the the, um, the colonizer to be in the room mm. to do the work together mm. and that way then you can police the notion of trauma how you don't re-traumatize people all those kind of things and make sure the violence can never be done in the future mm. so that is a process I think a lot of us are trying to get to a lot of people say they have solved it or they've got the framework for it I'm very suspicious of that because I think at the moment at least the work that we're doing, we're right in the middle of trying to indigenize our knowledge, recover our knowledge, mm-hmm. rehabilitate it, and use them in the way we want we want it to be. So that's a very long way to get to the decolonize. <laughs> so when that is done, I think we're in the middle of where we're changing academia with yeah. our revisiting our own knowledge, and we become the researchers who talk to our communities. We um, yeah. we come up with ways to do the research, like, you know, mm. with methodologies that are appropriate to our communities. Mm. And so academia, at least in Aotearoa, is changing. It's changing as North America, uh, across to Australia and other parts of the world where we have Indigenous people who have been colonised and, uh, and loss of knowledge. So that's the process that we're currently in. Yeah. And how would you say that you could repurpose this process, this lengthy process of decolonizing and indigenizing um, into the context of nature-based urban climate adaptation? (laughs) Okay, that's a hard one because our own communities, our own people, that's the thing about being human. Although we have this thing called culture which allows us to have an upbringing from a nature-based or in some ways uh, not nature-based but um, but we're all kind of I, th- I think from my work in the Pacific at least I see mm. that our governments in the Pacific and our communities are not paying attention to how to build properly and there's a lot of aid in the Pacific and and there are some way so those aids are good but in, there are a lot of them who are, which are bad for the way we build, develop the landscape. Um, so, to tell you the truth, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I just don't know because mm. I could come up with some really cool idea theory here, but mm. I'm not practicing on, on the ground. Yeah. And I know from my work in Samoa, the people who are working in Samoa are very suspicious of people coming in from outside and telling them what to do. Mm. So I think I think there is a real discussion to do with, for Samoan people or people in the diaspora belonging to the homeland, to regenerate those relationships with mm. their kings in the homeland. We can't just build these amazing ideas away from the homeland and we we hope that it will happen over there. And, you know, we're all in, in the kind of conference circuit. We're all kind of um, guilty of doing that. So and more and more, um, if there is a way, at least for me, to, to deal with this, translate this issue and how to kind of apply it 
It's for me to build those relationships. Mm. I know I have them and I've been trying to build them. And then the next phase after that is actually go and work there. Yeah. How do you make yeah. a project in Samoa, in Hawaii, in Tonga, uh, in Ngāpuhi or down in Ngātahu? How do you make a project in a place to kind of work with these ideas? Otherwise, they will just be swirling around in academia and publication and flash PowerPoints but, and publications and on websites without no real application on the ground. Where you know That's where you confront the environment, where you mm. test out your idea. So at least for the Vamoana Research Cluster, that's the next phase, is how mm. we start to look for grants that will allow us to apply mm. or to go and help communities or to articulate ideas that we've been thinking about in the real world. Mm. <clears throat> I think in a funny kind of a way you did sort of answer mm. that question. That's good. Yeah, but um, thank you for your honesty as well, because we don't actually have all the answers, do we? <laughs> no, we've got a lot of ideas, but how do you make them work? Yeah, and are they the right ideas to have in the first place? Mm. Yeah. How do we implement those? Yeah, mm. but still, your answer was embedded in the process of I think so. I hope so. Yeah, I trouble over that. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, if it's what you're all about, <laughs> which yeah. is awesome, um, and you know. Because I'm in the lengthy process of trying to figure out how to decolonize the camera and re-indigenize oh. it. So yeah, that's, oh, that's, you look at the work yeah. of um, Natalie, Natalie Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, yeah, who's a colleague of mine, yeah. and also she's doing a Nova Paul, who's doing a PhD with me. Also, and yeah, yeah she's developing film using. So she's she films rakau trees, yeah. and she's developing films. From the chemical from that tree yeah. to actually do, yeah. I think sixteen mil, yeah, yeah and then transfer it to mm-hmm. digital. Crazy cool. So there is this kind of Maori from the thing to the mm-hmm. to the process, and then yeah. the, the pictures. Kind of weird, but hey, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, those are two huge inspirations of mine. But yeah, the whole corridor surrounding decolonization and indigenous. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I think the most in, the more interesting thing at the moment is indigenizing knowledge because yeah. we have so much knowledge not just in the archives, so there's plenty, uh, but also in the people, yeah. in the you know the 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 singamarae, the stories that come out yeah. of the old people, mm. huge amount. Mm. We're also very narrative based yeah. and driven people as well. Of course, yeah. So implementing that into just like this Western system is quite um, it's difficult but important, I think, for us to move forward as well. We have yeah. to move forward. Yeah. And you can't do it properly, so you have to try every way mm. you can. That's my. I mean, that's. I think that's the other thing that we're doing at the moment is the idea of experimentation. So it can be quite reckless, but. I think you have to take the risk and experiment with the material because there's no proper way of doing it. Um, at least where I'm thinking. Mm. Um, so you have to experiment. Yeah. yeah can't stop that. Mm.